Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson. And today I'm talking about an issue that I've had with Blackjack this week. My horse is an issue that I'd never heard of before. Have you heard of oral plaque? And I talked to Joe Fieldhouse, who specialises in equine touch. This is Horse Hour. Hey, welcome to Horse Hour. I've had some issues with blackjack this week, and I just want to share them with you. Have you heard of oral plaques? Now, automatically, your head thinks, oh, that's going to be about the teeth. It's going to be about the mouth. But actually, it's not. Oral plaques is about the ears. It's A-U-R-A-L, plaques. It's all about the ears. So with the weather and the changing of the weather, we're getting loads of flies at the moment. With our field, it's on quite a low area and it's very wet. It's quite a wet area, which means that with the hot weather, when you get the sun and then followed by the rain, we just get swarms and swarms of flies that end up going around the horse's ears. Now, Blackjack's never really had problems with flies before. He's not too bothered about them. I can put on a fly rug. He, he really doesn't care if they're around his body. And normally, he's not too fussed if they're around his head or his face. And I've given him fly masks before. What does he do? The little man just has worked out how to get them off. He'd rather not have anything on and have the flies around his ears. Now, this could have been the cause of the oral plaques. Because when I went down to the field the other day, he was really, really ear shy which is a massive worry because he's never been ear shy before. He's the sort of horse that I can touch him anywhere on his body and he's not bothered. In fact, he loves a little scratch behind his ear. So seeing him with just being totally irritated by the flies around his ears, I mean, he would not stop shaking his head, moving his head around. And then when I went to touch his ear, he just threw his head back. It was clear that something wasn't right. A little bit worried, I heard that sometimes the flies can lay eggs in the inner ear. Um, if you get lots of them in one place, they like a little warm place, they lay, they lay their eggs and then the flies, it's disgusting, but the flies then grow and fly out of the ear. <laughs> so I've always been very aware of his ears and the flies and um, just trying to keep an eye on, on the ears to make sure that not too many flies go around them. However, what do you do with a horse that won't wear a fly mask? It doesn't help when you're trying to stop the flies going around the ears. Anyway, my main concern was the fact that he was becoming ear shy, which he's never been before. And there was an obvious reason why the flies were bothering him more that day than they had in previous days. 
So previously, they'd, he'd just have a little shake, the fly would go away, he'd carry on eating. But it was consistent. He was constantly shaking, shaking, shaking. And I could see in his face, bless him, he just was so unsettled and so unhappy, something wasn't right with his ears. So very gently, I went a little bit closer and had a look. And it took a while to, for him to even allow me to look in his ear because he was that bothered by this problem. And when I looked inside, I saw these kind of white crusty lumps it sounds disgusting it's not as bad as it sounds but it was growing like there was something inside his inner ear that shouldn't be in there that was growing so what do you do when you find a problem and you have no idea what it is well I go to google google images just in case I can see something that matches and funnily enough there were loads of pictures on google images about oral plaques and I found one exactly the same as what he had in his ear now, obviously, we can't, we're not vets and uh, we can't diagnose problems with Google, but it does help because it gives us a bit of an idea of, of what we're looking for and whether it's severe and whether it's contagious. Um, so I spoke to the vet, I phoned the vet, and what I did notice is that he had more on his left ear than he did on his right ear, which meant that whatever he had was in both ears but one was more severe than the other and actually the one that was more severe was the ear that was playing him up the most so I phoned the vet and said look I think my horse has got oral plaques can you have a look and they were great she said send me a photo which is brilliant because it's what like 35 pounds for a call out fee I mean you don't mind calling out a vet if there's something seriously wrong but if it's an oral plaque which isn't life-threatening then I don't really want to be calling the vet out and I'm lucky because my vet's amazing and I sent her a photo and she said yes he's got oral plaques so I said okay well how do I deal with this then because he's getting ear shy I don't want him to be ear shy I've spent years building up his confidence he can let me put the bridle on and off and not have a problem um, head collar I can touch his ears I can touch his face I don't want him to start having behavioral issues because he's had uh, an inner ear issue so I thought, well, I'll share with you what my vet said um, in case you've come across these oral plaques and, you, and you're not really sure how to deal with it. So Helen said, generally, our advice is to avoid interfering with them too much as it can lead to the horse becoming ear shy. Maintain good fly control and use a fly mask with the ears where possible or apply fly cream to the backs of the ears. And that's good because that's something that we can do ourselves at home. The issue that I've got is that when I flake off some of these white crusty lumps, um, you can see there it's like taking off a scab. His, his ears are really sore inside and actually he's bleeding a little bit. And to be honest, his ear plaques are nothing compared to some of the ones that I've seen on the internet. Some of these ear plaques are horrific. How that horse has been allowed to go for that long is insane. So if you think Blackjack's only got a few little ones and already it's bothering him this much and he's getting sore inside and if the scabs come off they bleed, then really we need to be hitting this sooner rather than later. The other option that the vet said was if they grow very exuberantly, we will on occasion exfoliate them back to skin level under sedation. So that's a good thing. There is another option because... One of my thoughts was I don't want to use hippie scrub because that's going to make it probably damage the ear, especially the inner ear where it's such soft tissue and it'll probably hurt him more. I mean, it's like it's like rubbing salt onto a wound, isn't it? Hippie scrub. It's a brilliant antiseptic, but not for something soft tissue like the inner ear. 
My other option was Sudacrem because that's an antiseptic and if he gets ever gets a little cut then I always pop on some Sudacrem and it seems to heal quite easily. But it sounds like one the flies like warm moist areas and so putting any kind of ointment or cream might not help the situation because that just means that the more flies will go in but then I guess antiseptic is probably going to help heal the ear. Um, The issue that I've got is that the vet said try to avoid touching them too much because it's going to cause the horse to be ear shy so what do you do do you do nothing or do you just wait and hope that they go well what I did was I put on a fly mask um he managed to actually keep this one on which makes a change because normally he throws them off and also I used a fly cream with citronella in it because the citronella the flies don't like citronella so that helps keep the flies away and I'm just hoping that it's going to heal I'm going I've decided to give it two weeks I'm going to do the citronella the fly masks and see if that makes a difference and see if it actually if they start healing themselves if they don't then I'm going to look at an antiseptic cream and possibly just putting on a light layer of antiseptic it's really difficult because the poor little man you know he hates me touching his ears so it's obviously bothering him he's obviously in pain and I don't want to cause him any pain but at the same time I really want to heal him and um, I will do a week of antiseptic cream if then it doesn't make a difference and it's not better then I'm going to phone the vet and get the vet out and maybe look at exfoliating them back and I've thought to myself well why am I going to wait three weeks that's a really long time why don't I just get the vet out now and get her to come and exfoliate the truth is I don't think she's going to exfoliate because I don't think they're big enough for them to warrant sedating him and putting him through that to to exfoliate so I'm kind of hoping I'll do the first bit which is the fly cream and the fly mask give the ears a rest for two weeks then if that doesn't make a difference we'll start using antiseptic cream and if that doesn't make any difference then the last resort is for the vet to come out so I asked you if you've had any problems with oral plaques and Tracy said my thoroughbred has oral ear plaques I'm finding it nearly impossible to bridle him just wondered if anyone has had a vet out for ear plaques and if you're giving them anything to soothe it or if you can recommend anything to ease it I've heard Dermafast cream from America is good but that takes ages to get over to the UK and I don't want to leave my boy too long if he's in pain Well, I think, Tracy, the only option is then is what I'm doing, which is the fly cream, use a citronella and put on a fly mask as well. But it depends how bad your boy is. He's at the stage where you can't bridle him. Then he's obviously in pain. Some creams actually have like a numbing sensation to them which I don't know whether that's good for a horse or whether it's bad. But I guess if it's I guess if it numbs it, then he won't be in pain so much, um, which might give you an opportunity to then get in and try and heal it. But I think if it's that severe that you can't bridle him, get the vet out, just get them to come and have a look. Because the other option is it might not be the oral plaques might not be causing that much of a problem. It could be something deeper, like he might have an infection or something. So if I were you, I'd get the vet out. Lynn says one of my horses has had them for years the vet said treating them can cause discomfort and can make them head shy yes Lynn that's that's what my vet said too as my horse is already head shy we left them untreated and I just clean her ears with baby wipes they haven't got worse or caused any problems in the eight years she's had them oh that's brilliant so she's had them quite a long time eight years but not been bothered by them 
I think if Blackjack wasn't showing me so much that, you know, they're bothering him and that the flies touching them are bothering him and he doesn't want me touching his ears and he's starting to get head shy, then I'd probably do the same. Um, Because I've been cleaning his ears with baby wipes for years and his nose as well. And I tried to keep him as clean as possible. The vet said did say that horses don't necessarily get them because they're dirty. They just get it because flies cause it. And it's like an irritation. So if they weren't bothering him so much, then I'd probably be inclined to do the same and uh, just use baby wipes and just keep them clean. But because they're bothering him, I just really want to get them gone. I want to get this fixed. Kirsty says, I used to work with a horse with very bad oral plaques. Used to have to take the bridle apart to get it on, plus a lot of patience. Oh my gosh, Kirsty, I don't want Blackjack to get like that. When she was sedated once for something else, a vet put cold sore cream on them. It did clear it up quite well, but she was always ear shy. She did get better with me once she realised I wasn't going to hurt her, but not like a normal horse. Good luck. Thanks, Kirsty. Well, that's a really good option then. So when I get to the point where um, in a couple of weeks when I've done the cream and the fly mask, I can maybe have a go with cold sore cream. If that clears it up, that would be awesome because I don't, what I don't want is for him to get to the point where he's so head shy that I can't come back from that. So obviously I want to clear up the oral plaques, but I don't want to cause him to be really head shy in the long term too. Uh, Rose says my horse has them quite badly and did when I bought her last year she's very very ear shy to the point that I'm having to ride at the moment with her head collar on and the bridle over the top without the nose band or brow band as this is the easiest way to get it on there is no way you can get a bridle on the normal way as it just causes too much distress to her and it's not worth it I had the vet out to look at them And he said that's the best thing to do was just to leave them alone. So that's what I've done. My only concern is that the flies might drive her mad in the summer. I've spoken to a saddler who will make me a brow band that can be attached to the bridle after it's on with the press studs or hook and eye fastenings if needs be. That's amazing. You've got an awesome saddler. Oh, what do we do? We don't want the horse to be head shy. We want to get rid of the problem. So um, my thinking is maybe it's better to get rid of it early um, before they get too head shy and before the behaviour problem starts. Uh, And then finally, ah, a vet says, black flies love the dead skin on oral plaques. Plat, e.g. a fly wipe, into part of a mane and use that as a reservoir for fly spray it helps keeps flies away from the head i do manage to get pseudocrem rubbed into my horse's plaques patience needed oh that's good so the pseudocrem thing will work too love that i'm just going to repeat that because this vet is amazing black flies love the dead skin on oral plaques Plat a fly wipe into the high part of the mane and use that as a reservoir for fly spray. It helps keep flies away from the head. I do manage to get pseudocrem rubbed into my horses, plaques, patients needed. That's a brilliant idea. Thank you so much. Well, I'll keep you updated with how I get on. If you have any problems, then you need some help. Or if you've had a problem and you've found an awesome solution, then send me a tweet at Horse Hour and uh, we'll go through those next week. Now on to my guest. I'd like to introduce you to Joanne, who's a specialist in equine touch. Now I said equine touch with a bit of a pause because I hadn't heard of it until now. You're an equine touch practitioner. What exactly is that? Equine touch is a really gentle um, equine bodywork. Mm-hmm. So there's also a canine side and a human side that goes with that. They kind of sit together. Um, it's 
very gentle, very specific. It works along the traditional Chinese meridians. Oh, what's that? So um, acupressure points. So is it like a homeopathy? It's not quite homeopathy. That's something slightly different. Um, But it is um, an alternative method. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't call it a, a therapy, but it's an alternative method. Yeah, I, it, I heard that it works well with craniosacral and chiropractors and uh, hypnotherapy. Yep. So it works really, really well because it works on the fascia. Um, it's very gentle. So if you're working alongside a more manipulative um, therapy, such as McTimony chiropractic. So we work on the soft tissues whereas the chiropractic would work on the skeletal structure. So we work right. side by side. So what did you, you said before earlier, the fascia, what's the fascia? The fascia is all the stringy stuff that connects your skin to your bones. Ah. So if you imagine peeling the skin off a chicken breast and it's attached by those little fibres down to the muscle, mm-hmm. that's the fascia. It's a network that runs across the whole body and it runs through every fibre in your being. And that's the bit that you work on on the outside of the body. Somehow you touch the fascia. Yep. So we work by gently moving the skin, um, which then has an effect on the fascia underneath. So we can stretch the skin, which stretches the fascia through the fibres. And by loosening that fascia, it allows the, the circulation and the healing to begin itself. So you're actually encouraging the horse to heal itself by giving it the opportunity. Does that make sense? It does make sense, but I'm curious to know how that works. Yeah, it's it's kind of a three-phase move. Mm-hmm. So we have the stretching of the fascia. We also apply a little bit of pressure, which then creates an ischemic change. So the blood goes out of the immediate area. And when you release that, the fresh blood comes in, bringing nutrients back into the area. Mm-hmm. So you're bringing fresh blood, fresh goodness into damaged or areas that have previously been compromised. So the nutrients are getting back into those cells rather than being compressed and held by knitted fascia. So when the body has a cut, it will lay down a pattern of knitting, crisscross kind of pattern, which then really super strengthens that area. So what we do is we gently realign those fascia fibres and the muscle fibres so that it's back in alignment as opposed to crisscrossed um, so yeah so we just by a really really gentle and simple move um so the, like i said it's three phase so you've got the stretching which helps loosen up that knitting yeah but the pressure which creates the ischemic change so all the dead blood for want of a better phrase goes out of the area you're pushing it out of the area and the fresh blood is then allowed to come in and rejuvenate those um cells and then the third part of it is a vibration. Yeah, because this is this I've heard about this. Now, it's can you say the full name of it? Because I only know VHT. <laughs> so, okay, so the human side. So where we've got on the equine side, we've got the equine touch. And mm-hmm. on the dog side, we've got the canine touch. On the human side, it's called vibromuscular harmonization technique. So you're creating a vibration that goes through the muscle. So you're actually getting down to the deeper layers um, through a very gentle vibration. Because the man that started this jock, he started it for humans originally, didn't he? So he was working on humans and then ended up transporting that into the equine industry. Yep. So jock was a wrestler um, Ah. back in the day when he was off wrestling. Um, He used to pick up injuries, as they all did. And he found that the wrestlers were actually all helping each other. So they were using bow and equine touches got some of its history within the Bowen aspect 
um, from what Jock used to do as a wrestler. He then, as time went on, he progressed and he developed his own method, the VHT, and he found that worked so well. And somebody asked him to give it a go on one of the horses. And so it worked. He gave it a go. <laughs> it worked and it all kind of grew from there. And he's, he's now developed various different body balances. So we work across the whole body first, do a full body balance. Um, there's various different ways of doing the body balance. We work across the whole body first and then we go back and look at areas of concern. So what would you class as an area of concern? How can this, uh, I'm trying to think of examples of where I might need to call you and say, Joe, I need you to come and do fibromuscular harmonisation on my horse. (laughs) So we wouldn't necessarily do the VHT on the horse. We'd do the equine touch on the horse. Okay. Um, But it's very, very similar method. The moves are very similar. It's just in a slightly different pattern. So you might notice that your horse is slightly thick at the pole. Um, They're tilting the head to one side. They're just not quite 100% when they're going down the centre line. So what we would do is we'd go along, we'd do a full body balance first, and then we'd go back and address that pole area. But we wouldn't just work on the pole, we'd work on the areas around the pole. So we'd look at the TMJ, which is the junction between the jaw and and the head, Mm -hmm. the temporomandibular joint. Um, We'd look down into the neck, so we'd create that skin slack through the neck, which then would allow the pole area to be freer. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And if there's an atlas rotation there, that would then settle itself back up. So I've known horses whereby I've seen um, a tightness through the back and into the pelvis area. And they've got a slightly rotated atlas. And I've done a full body balance, Hmm. gone back to look at the atlas and it's been resolved not by working directly over the atlas, but by working on the back end. So the whole body is connected with this network of fascia from front to back. And it's just amazing. Such a a gentle, simple move. And the horses just accept it so well. They just relax into it. And effectively, they start 
um, allowing themselves to heal, they'll go off into, we call, well, I call it fairyland, go away <laughs> from fairies. And you can see that their eyes get that glaze and they just kind of, they don't go off to sleep so much, but they just kind of phase out and drift off into a world of their own and just relax. And it's just so nice to be able to have that gentle effect on a horse. How is this different from other remedies that we've had? So how is it different to craniosacral? How is it different to having a massage practitioner come in and, and massage your horse? If you think for massage, um, you tend to get it's, it's a little bit more vigorous. So yeah. you might get the, the rubbing to loosen that fascia. Whereas we wouldn't, we we would do that threefold move, which is very gentle. We might put a little bit more pressure on. Mm-hmm. Um, if a horse leans back into us, we take that as being acceptance that they want more pressure in that particular area. Um, if a horse starts to move away from us, then we would release the pressure. So it's very, very, it works within the horse's tolerance. Um, we We never push the horse into the point where it's a little bit uncomfortable for them because that's then encouraging the brain to say, release these chemicals that are more fight or flight response. Mm. So what we want to do is we want to work with the horse and it's just lovely to be able to get, do the back moves and you find the horse swaying with you mm. because it's just completely at ease and you're effectively, you're at one with it. It's got, Equine Touch has got quite a strong energy work inside to it because you're working over the acupressure points as well. And because of the, traditional Chinese uh, meridians it it does have a very strong energy side so you're not only working physically with the horse but you're working emotionally spiritually and on the energy side as well and it's just I don't know there's just something about it it's the way the horses react to it that I love it Um, you know, it's, it's nice. But you're to see. a very calm person. Like you're you're making me very relaxed right now. I feel like I've I've had Reiki. <laughs> Bless you. It's 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 the equine touch. You can't go at a horse full of energy and expect it to be calm and relaxed. So I have to on my way to the client, bring myself down a level, calm down, leave all my worries behind me, and focus purely on the horse and what I'm there to do and that's just to make the horse feel good feel better as well as the physical side of things as releasing um, knitted tissues and mm. tightness and soreness if they can feel better then that's half the battle if they're not holding those stresses and strains against you that's half the battle to, to loosening things off which is why I prefer equine touch to something like massage personally speaking because I find my horses, when they've had massage in the past, have sort of braced against it mm. because it is just that little bit more vigorous. Well, it's the uh, difference. I can see it now. I'm picturing it. It's the difference between having a sports massage and having a relaxing spa massage with nice yeah. chilled out music. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the world's part. The world's part. That's not to say that massage doesn't have its place in the world. I'd never say to somebody, you shouldn't do X, Y and Z or choose a different um therapy for want of a better word a different method um each to their own and I'm happy to work with any other methods that are out there for the benefit of the horse that's what I do it for I do it for the benefit of the horse not just for my own benefit 
Okay, so now what's the difference between I, I'm not I'm not testing you, Joe. I'm just <laughs> trying to get it clear in my head so that we can understand the difference between the different methods. Yeah, because there are so we, we just we have so many options out there, and everybody says this is the best option. You know, this is our way, and we know it's the best because for whatever reason. Um, yeah, but we don't really know the difference between half of them because they're so similar reiki works really well and i think it's again it's similar it's a similar energy field mm. uh, and for me as with a scientific background it's it's been a big learning curve for me to actually open up to the whole energy side of things yeah because scientists do not like energy they're like no 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 i don't know it's like um it's like there's a stigma of natural energy related methods and that's both for the humans as well as well as the horses but i do have to say i have had reiki and i went in as a cynic and no word of a lie i definitely felt something the woman didn't touch me, but I definitely felt heat and I felt better when I came out. Now, whether that's psychological, I don't know, but the horses aren't psychological. So, you know, they don't have learned psychological behaviours rather. So it's very difficult for them to learn that you're doing something not medical um, that could help them. So you can only judge, I guess, on their reaction and what happens after you've done your method. Absolutely. And we talk with the Equine Touch, we talk a lot about the intent. So if you go in with the correct intent, then the horses are going to respond to that. If you go in with the intent that I must do a full body balance, I must do X, Y and Z afterwards um, with regards to different moves, then chances are the horse is going to pick up on that and think at some point I've had enough. Mm. Had enough now. And it's we, the, the session could potentially turn negative if you go in with the intent with the intent of i want to help this horse let's see how far we can get if we get all the way great if the plan ends up at plan d before you've even finished your body balance that's fine you know let's work with the horse rather than working for our own egos so it's the intent has to be there and i think that's a lot of it with the energy side of it as well if you have the correct intention you're giving off for want of a better phrase the correct vibes yeah that's like, true vibes are just energies so the horses can pick up on those vibes but isn't it based on on what the horse needs so your intent will be what the horse needs rather than focusing on the method and what you know this is the strategy and this is what we should be doing to well the horse actually needs work here it might need work on the pole it might need work on the hind it might need that's true however if you go directly into those areas that you think need the work are you actually addressing the correct area so we look at it as a whole mm. so from a holistic point of view we work across the whole horse first give the whole body an opportunity to respond and then go back to the areas because you might not be working on the area that needs the work it might be a compensation from another area so it might actually be the right fore that's causing soreness through the left hind because they're compensating on how they're working, either they're either using, overusing that leg because they are weaker through the other one, or they're standing with more weight through the other side because they don't want to take the weight equally through all four limbs. So by addressing the whole horse first, you're then kind of peeling the layers off an onion, mm-hmm. and you can get down eventually to the criminal rather than the actual victim. Yeah. How, how long have you been doing this for? 
So I started off um, around about two, I think it was Your Horse Live in 2009, um, French Trotter uh, that I've got. He'd had an altercation whilst he was in France with a tractor. Oh, no. Uh, and his pelvis wasn't, wasn't quite right. So at the time, I didn't know which way to go. Um, and I went to Your Horse Live with an open mind. I didn't think, I just had a gut feeling, I didn't think that traditional physiotherapy was right for him. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that if I'd have had the vet to him and said, the vet had said, get the physio out, I would have done that on vet's advice. Um, but I just, like I said, went with an open mind to see what could help him and what was out there. Um, so I, when I was at Your Horse Live, I came across a demo taking place down by what is now the NetEx Arena, the second arena. And I just loved how the horse was in, in the in the demo area and he was just so chilled out so relaxed and I thought I want to find out a little bit more so I went to speak to the guys on the stand um and ended up it was a while later it was, I think it was 2011 I ended up doing the level one course which anybody any horse owner can do the courses themselves um and I went just with the intention of learning enough to be able to have a go at it with the trotter and as I said I, I fell absolutely in love with how it affected him and the other horses I'd got at the time and so what in the um accident that he had what were his injuries I I don't know it was with his previous owner okay so what what were you struggling with so I could see that he just wasn't right he's I mean he's I think the changes are permanent that he's got in his throughout his pelvic area Mm. so he's never quite straight um his pelvis is never quite set straight one side is lifted higher and more forward than the other and we can ease up his tensions, but he's just, it's like riding Bambi on ice. Mm. It really is. He's just not particularly pleasant to ride. But that said, he's sound for light hacking. He's happy. He's healthy. Um, his loner is lightweight. And all she does is she, she goes out around the village with him three or four times a week. He doesn't do a lot of work, but it's enough to keep him happy and sane and, and healthy, really. And not in pain, because that's the main thing is that he's no, not in pain. No. He's not in pain at all. His saddle fits him well enough. Um, he's he's not short. Um, he's just not quite level behind. Hmm. So with regular ET, the first thing we notice with him, if he does become tight, he goes base narrow behind. So when he's stood, his feet are narrower than hmm. his le- his um, hips higher up. So his legs don't come straight down. Yeah, um, They come down to, towards each other at the feet. So that's the first thing we notice, and he gets particularly tight through the grassless muscle, which is the joint of ham on the inside, as it were, mm. of, of the thigh. So he gets tight through there. So he has regular ET, and he's quite happy. He'll stand square, um, and, and we can notice a, a change in his posture overall when he's had a, when he's had a session or two. So he can't have the pelvis put back into place. It's not quite as straightforward. I think the changes are permanent. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's just one of those things with him. So, the, the, sorry, I'm trying to understand it. <laughs> the blood flow, the, the equine touch is helping the blood flow around the particular area, wherever it is that it's had an injury or the horse is having a problem with, to help the body heal itself. Yes, yes. So what you find is, um, for instance, with a poorly fitting saddle. Mm-hmm. So the saddle in this scenario is bridging so there's more pressure through the cantle and the pommel areas than what there is actually in the middle of the panel right so it's bridging so it's creating that gap underneath where you could actually fit your hand through yeah so what would happen is 
because the weight isn't being distributed evenly through the panel, Mm-hmm. it's it's bridging so it's sitting heavier behind you might find that where it's sitting heavier there's more direct pressure going through that area and the muscle fibers become so compromised that actually they start sticking together because the blood can't flow th- freely through them so by because the fascia runs through every single fiber we've got by loosening that fascia it might take two or three sessions it might take one it might take four or five but by loosening that fascia you start to allow the blood to come back through the fibers and rejuvenating those fibers where they've previously been squished down Mm. so it's like plumping a pillow okay so you're plumping a pillow you're moving that pillow apart let the air back through it and it becomes softer and and puffier does that make sense yeah yeah it does so basically the back then has time to to heal itself it's not being condensed anymore yeah so Ah. the body can rejuvenate itself but because the fascia runs through all those fibers just that simple move and helping to release that releases that knotting so how long do these sessions take i guess it it varies doesn't it depending on the treatment that the horse needs yep so on average um, when i go out to see somebody i'll first have a chat with the owner whilst i'm observing the horse Hmm. so is it stood square is it eating is it depressed is it taking the weight through one side of its legs you know through its shoulder more than the other what's its confirmation like I'll go through then with the owner background details so what's its routine like or whilst I'm watching the horse then I'll see the horse moving whether that's under saddle or whether that's just walking up or trotting up mm-hmm. it depends on the circumstances whether I'm looking to address a particular issue or whether I'm looking just for a well-being state in session yeah. so I'll go through all that first. Then we carry out branding. And so branding is um, it takes a couple of minutes. And we just run our hands down the horse looking for hot spots, cold spots, lumps, bumps, anything out of the ordinary. Pick the feet up, which instills a level of trust between you and the horse if it's happy to give its feet. At the same time, I'm introducing my hands to horse where my hands may need to go. So we do a, a move over the stifle, which can sometimes be a little bit ticklish. Some horses are a little bit more ticklish in that area or around the girth. Mm. So I'm judging the gauge in the horse for its reactions as well as to how it may react when I go to place those moves there later on. So once we've carried out the branding, that gives me an idea of what the issues may or may not be, whether I'm looking at the victim or the criminal, whether I'm looking at the cause or the consequence remains to be seen. But I'll have an idea of where I'm going, what I'm looking for, and then I'll carry out the full body balance and again, I'll finish off with areas of concern moves where the horse may need them. Yeah. Um, so and afterwards, again, I'll talk the owner through a few things, um, aftercare procedures, that sort of thing. And observe the horse again. So it might be whether it's walking them up. It might be whether they're being ridden. Um preferably not ridden because you don't really want to undo all the work that you've just done but Mm. you can tend to see a reasonable change if there is an issue there it might be that the horse needs a couple of days off to recover yeah because they might ache a little bit afterwards might not they because you're going you're you're going you're going deep no because you're not going under the muscles it's just under the skin isn't it so we're going kind of through the muscles rather than into the muscles so we're non-invasive it's really not invasive at all so it's it's very very gentle um so it might not necessarily be straight after that the horse is feeling a little bit sore because it's got quite a strong detoxifying effect as well because you're affecting the circulation which in turn affects the lymphatic drainage Mm. um you might find they come out a bit woozy headed the next day 
or they might come out like a spring chicken. I've had, <laughs> I've had an owner ask me to turn her thoroughbred back to what it was before because it was too sprightly for her. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's kind of, it, it works in both ways. You, and every horse is an individual and you have to just go with that individual. Mm. But um, usually for a first session, it takes around about an hour and a half and then subsequent sessions, depending on what, what's needed, can take 45 minutes to an hour or so. So, Joe, how can we get hold of you? I am on Facebook as the Equine Advisor. I'm on Twitter as Equine underscore Advisor. I'm in LinkedIn. Do you have a website? Oh, yes. www.theequineadvisor.com. Brilliant. Thank you so much. That's okay. I'm just very chilled now. Oh, bless you. I See, the energy, relaxed. it works. Yeah, I it know. Works. I could do with I could do with some I, I don't know I feel like I I need some um, some candles and just to chill. In fact, this has been the most relaxed I've been all week. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, no, it's brilliant, Joe. I love I love hearing about different types of therapies that we do. And like we said earlier, there are so many different options. And it's very difficult to know which ones what they all mean as well because you hear these buzzwords banded around. And it's like, is that just the buzzword of this season at the moment that everybody's suddenly going and having this particular treatment done? But categorically, if it works for your horse, then Absolutely. keep going. That's the main thing. And it's okay to try new things. I, you know, I'm a massive believer. I remember people saying to me a few years ago, oh, you don't want to have an equine masseuse. What do you want to massage there? The horse doesn't need a massage. But actually, it does. I know that's not what you do, but it does because it helps relax the mass the muscles. What you're doing is different because you you're getting into the fascia. <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> but no, I mean, I learned. Give, give any, well done, bless you. <laughs> give anything a try. You know, if if it works for you and your horse, I'm not going to knock it. I'm not going to knock it. If it, if you genuinely believe it works for you and your horse that's absolutely fine all I can do is come and do the best that I can for your horse with the tools that I've got in my toolkit they sound like good tools fingers crossed Joe. thank you so much for your time do wish you all the best thank you and uh, we can check you out on twitter yeah come and find me okay take care and you thank you bye bye Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you haven't subscribed yet, then head on over to ACAST Plus because there's a whole bunch of exclusive episodes for you. From a badminton special where I went backstage at Badminton Horse Trials this year and managed to catch up with some top riders like Gemma Tattersall, Mark Todd. I can't believe I got to speak to Mark Todd. You get to share the experience with me of the ins and outs of badminton. I also speak to Andrew Bosden. They actually supplied the Olympic 2012 surfaces. So we don't necessarily understand how different surfaces can impact on your horse's performance. So David from Andrew Bosden is going to talk to us about that. Matt, the bit expert, gives us top tips on how to look for certain bits depending on what your horse is and how bits can also affect your riding ability and your horse's comfort. So there's loads coming up over the next few months and don't forget you can follow us on twitter i'm at amy stevenson one and horse hours at horse hour i'll speak to you soon you've been listening to horse hour join the community on twitter mondays 8 p.m uk time 3 p.m eastern by using the hashtag horse hour follow amy at amy stevenson one and subscribe to us on acast itunes stitcher and player fm the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.